number three, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110 if you want to weigh in on the program. The uh, North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation is going to, yeah, well, yeah, investigate. That's kind of what they do. Uh, they're going to look into former North Carolina Congressman, Republican, and White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows and his voter registration issues now that the local DA has recused herself. I uh, did this story last week, I believe, which this was ironic. Oh, not ironic. Stupid, really. Um, I did this story last week, and then I see after a day or two where other people are now kind of feeding on the the bones of the story on Twitter, and Travis Fain, our pal at WRAL, Capital Beat Reporter, he uh, sends out a tweet that says, oh, I'm wondering where all of the Republican pundit or uh, Republican politicos is what he called, politicos, Republican politicos who are all about election integrity. I wonder where they all are on this. And it's like, we're, first off, I'm not a politico and I'm not a Republican, but... I'm your Huckleberry. I'll answer you. Um, I'll tell you, I don't care. I don't care what party the vote fraud allegation is directed at. It doesn't matter to me. I want election integrity. And and not for nothing, we've been asking for these protections for a really long time. And you guys have been telling us that oh, we're just tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists. Or you've been telling us that we're trying to actively suppress voting. Because we want the system to be shored up. And now all of a sudden you're demanding, oh, you need to weigh in on this. Dude, I've been weighing in on these ideas for a decade and a half. And you're new to this party. But I welcome. I welcome the people who are now all about election integrity. I welcome you to the party. What happened here was uh, Ashley Hornsby Welch, the district attorney, had to recuse herself uh, because she got a, uh, a donation, political donation, because she's an elected official as a DA. Uh, she got a donation from Mark Meadows back in 2014, and he appeared in ads for her as well. Oh, and also, probably more importantly, um, this is her normal protocol. Whenever there's a government official that's being investigated, she turns it over to the SBI. So that's standard protocol for her, she said. So she sent it over to the State Bureau of Investigation. Here is uh, Smoky Mountain News, the piece by Corey Valencourt. Quote, on September 19th and three weeks before North Carolina's voter registration deadline for the general election, Meadows filed his paperwork. This comes from the story in the New Yorker magazine, which I read to you portions uh, of last week. Story by Charles Bethea. On a line that asked for his residential address, where you physically live, the form instructs Meadows. uh, Okay, sorry, that's a terribly written line. On a line that asked for his residential address, where you physically live, it says, Meadows wrote down the address of a 14 by 62 foot mobile home in Scaly Mountain. He listed his move in date for this address as the following day, September 20th. His voter registration still lists that address. But the story goes on to say that he doesn't own the property. There's no proof he'd ever spent a night there. His voting history shows he cast his ballot 
in Transylvania County, but he voted absentee by mail from this mobile home address. All right. So everyone on the left is now all of a sudden a clean elections person. They're now like, oh, we knew it. You guys were all about election integrity because you were committing the fraud. We don't actually know that any fraud has been committed. I mean, I know I'm not trying to be like an apologist here or anything or just to cover for Meadows. If he violated the law, then I would like to see him punished because, as I've said, I have been supporting election integrity measures for a very long time. So anybody I like I want there to be stiffer penalties against people who commit vote fraud. And so you're not going to find me lining up to say, let him off if he did it. Historically, I have requested the attorney. Oh, sorry. That's a quote from Attorney General Josh Stein said through a spokesperson that his office had asked the North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation to look into the matter as well. All right. So there's that. There's your background. And the people who write laws, their staffers and stuff, they're just they're really not very good at it. They just make it confusing. They leave loopholes and all this stuff. So what this says is that the place where a person has their fixed habitation and when they are absent from that place, they intend to return. That's your residence. Intent is what matters. This is a key part of the law. Intent is what matters. How do you prove intent? The statute also says that a person shall not be considered to have lost their residence if they leave home, go to another state for temporary purposes only with the intention of returning. So the presumption is that the voter maintains residency through the move. Additionally, there's a special provision for federal workers like Mark Meadows. If you go to D.C., you get to keep your residence back where your home was, even if you you know, get an apartment in D.C. and all that. And here's the thing. Meadows didn't vote in D.C. He didn't vote twice. He only voted from the one place. All right. Woodcox then also makes another point here I'll get to in a second which has larger implications. So just like all things here, be careful what you wish for, lefties. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. So Mark Meadows, congressman, former congressman from North Carolina, uh, I know Mark Meadows. I've interviewed Mark Meadows many, many times. And um, so that's my full disclosure. I don't know if he was registered to vote at a place he did not intend to return to. I don't know. I don't like the fact that there seems to be this. Uh, there seems to be a bit of, shall I say, arrogance or condescension or kind of like a ew, yuck kind of factor in the description of the place, they keep referring to it as this, you know, this mobile home this trailer on the side of a mountain. And I'm not sure people, like, if you've never been to Western North Carolina, and I'm not talking about, you know, go down and hang out at the drum circle in downtown Asheville. I'm saying you go out into, you know, Burnsville area. You go out into Sandy Mush. You go into some of these other places, those are places, you go out there and you will see 
real poverty. People living, they're land rich, cash poor. They've got a piece of property and they're, there's you know limited buildable land because you're in the mountains. And so houses are just stuck wherever you can get a flat enough piece of land to put a slab down on or stilts or something. And for a lot of people, these single wides, double wides, whatever, they, they serve the need for housing. Also, there are a lot of people that I know. I know people that own property in the mountains and they like to go out to that property because it is so primitive. They go out there and there's nothing on the land or there'll be just an old shed or shack or mobile home. And that's good enough because you're not spending time in the shed or the shack or the mobile home. The point is... You go there and you sit outside because you're in the mountains. So the, right, the idea that uh, that I can't believe Meadows would actually live in this rundown dump of a place. Like, first off, there's a guy living there right now. So that's kind of not cool that you're calling his place a rundown dump. Not for nothing. But they're like, I just can't see Meadows living in a place like this. I don't know. Maybe he's one of those people that... So, friends of ours, a retired judge and his wife in Asheville have property that I literally helped them dig a latrine for, okay? So, I can tell you, people like the primitive aspects of being out in the woods, out in the mountains. And if you don't understand it, that's fine. But you don't need to mock the living arrangements for, you know, tens of thousands of people. And preferences. Some people prefer the rustic stuff. Anyway, I'm sorry. I, I just felt like there needed to be a defense mounted to some of these uh, some of the snark that I see coming from our uh, oh-so-elite journalist class. Anyway, Brent Woodcox, lawyer for the general uh, in the uh, uh, General Assembly Republican lawmakers side, and he's going over the statute whether or not Meadows can claim residence at this place or not. Not only is there a provision for federal workers who go to D.C. and then get to keep their residence, but a residence is not lost if you simply leave, but you intend to return. It's all about intent. And this is what he gets to at the conclusion of his uh, tweet storm, his threaded tweet yesterday. He said, the point of this thread is that the determination of fraud is a question of intent, and it's very difficult to prove intent. The chances that there is a prosecution here are low and conviction is even lower. And the ironic thing is we usually resolve these questions in favor of the voter. Like Bill Malik. Remember, I've gone over her case locally. She was accused of not living in her district. Anyway, Democrats usually support that we resolve these questions in favor of the voter. Republicans usually prefer a stricter interpretation of the law. But the roles are flipped here because Democrats want to make this a political hit. But the standard Democrats want would actually turn lots of innocent voters into criminals. What happens to the college student whose parents move while she's away at school? Or the spouses who separate but the one intends to return to the marital house votes absentee? There's a reason why it makes more sense to resolve these questions in the light most favorable to the voter so long as there is no evidence of double voting or other fraud. 
And there is certainly a reason these issues are not made into criminal cases very often. Right. So did Meadows vote in multiple locations? No, he did not. And so he has property in Transylvania County. And he's got this address listed in Macon County. He only voted in one place. Did he commit fraud? It doesn't look like it, but I'm willing to see the investigation play out. And if it turns out that he did it, then I'll be saying, yeah, throw the book at him. Absolutely. Because I'm consistent in this application of a standard. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Oh, I sound taller. I sound way taller. Good job, Ron. Engineer Ron came in and fixed whatever was broken. It's really sophisticated technical stuff. You wouldn't understand, nor I would. So I'm not going to get into the details, but uh, thank you, Ron. Appreciate the fix. But I do sound taller, and I think a little smarter. I think I... I think I sound a little smarter, which there's a lot of room for growth there, so that's not really saying much. J. Christian Adams, writing at thefederalist.com, says that the uh, real foreign election interference is actually happening at the local DMV. Foreigners are voting in elections. It is not just in the sanctuary city of New York, where 800,000 foreigners just got the power to vote in municipal elections. Foreigners voting, uh, foreigners voting occurs all over the country. Over the past few years, the Public Interest Legal Foundation, or as I like to call it, the PILF, uh, of which I am president, has uncovered, not me, uh, J. Christian Adams is the president of the PILF, the Public Interest Legal Foundation. This organization has now uncovered government records showing foreigners voting in Pennsylvania, Texas, New Jersey, and California. Vote fraud deniers do not want to talk about the fact that foreigners are registering and voting in U.S. elections. They forget that the foreigners voting in American elections are sometimes victims, actually, of third-party voter registration drives, which actually jeopardize their immigration status. Exactly. Some of these people are, are, are not criminals. They're being preyed upon by the registration activists some of whom get paid based on the number of registrations they collect. And so somebody is hanging out and somebody else walks up to them and says, hey, you want to register to vote? And they're like, I don't know, can I? And they're like, yeah, sure. Do you have a driver's license? And they're like, well, yeah, I have this. Like, oh, great. And then they fill it out, send it in. Now that person has committed a crime and they don't even know that they committed a crime and that could jeopardize their immigration status. These voter registration drives sign anybody up without regard to eligibility. They've also done work, the PILF organization. They've uncovered more evidence of foreigners voting in elections. The latest round, North Carolina. In 2019, the North Carolina State Board of Elections denied the PILF access to documents relating to foreigners registering in voters. So... The Public Interest Legal Foundation sued the Board of Elections. 
following a ruling by the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals affirming that the National Voter Registration Act requires disclosure of the documents PILF sought, the board agreed to settle the case. Now, isn't that interesting? Because you'll recall the reason why the Board of Elections had to uh, had to settle their lawsuit with the left-wing groups that were suing over the election during the pandemic and that's how we got the the collusion or the collusive agreement between the left-wing activists that sued and the state board of elections all negotiated outside the presence of the legislative defendants so they cut this deal to change election law so they were they were fine to settle that lawsuit right right quick they settled that one but this one goes to the 4th circuit court of appeals this one no 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 I don't want you getting this information. In the settlement, though, that they have finally agreed to, the board agreed to disclose the records relating to foreigners registering and voting. There have already been 38 indictments of foreigners registering to vote and some casting ballots. These records will conclusively show how many foreigners have been voting in North Carolina elections. Inspecting these list maintenance documents serves an important purpose. It allows us to identify foreigners... Uh, and how they are getting registered to vote. That's the key first step to improve the system and ensure that these mistakes don't keep happening. Often, it is the fault of the government. For example, a voter registration form is going to have a question at the top asking if you're an American. You can check no. And due to errors by local election officials, you still may end up getting registered to vote. The same mistakes can happen when the potential registrant leaves it blank. The mistake may also be on the part of the potential registrant incorrectly checking the box, attesting that he or she's a citizen. The bottom line is foreigners are registering, they are voting, and they're doing so in North Carolina. Nobody should want this. Only Americans should be electing American leaders. States need to examine their voter list maintenance procedures and ensure that they are keeping non-citizens off the voter rolls. This is not an anti-immigration argument. This is not an anti-foreigner argument. This is simply a maintenance argument to help improve election integrity. All right, I'll go over here to uh, Roger. Welcome to the program. Hello, Roger. Hey, how's it going? Great show today. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. What's up? Uh, Earlier in the show, uh, you asked, why does Roy Cooper, my buddy, little Raleigh Roy, why does he talk the way he does? Why is it so... You know, it's kind of smarmy, really. Yeah, talking down like we're children, yeah. I hate listening to him, but I think it goes back to the garden, really. There's a story that I read once upon a time. There was this serpent in the garden, and and it managed to seduce God's first creation into doing the only thing he wasn't supposed to do. (laughs) So so you're saying... Ray Cooper is Satan. I, I just want to be clear. Just uh, no. Ray Ray Cooper is is the devil. No, 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 no. See, I I personally don't believe that the the serpent in the garden is the devil. I think oh. that image is is characteristic of the devil. But in the garden, I think that was a different thing. But okay, you know, as it turns out, the world is full of Cains and Abels, and I think the Cains are still trying to kill off the Abels. That's possible. Um, yeah. yeah, Roger, I appreciate the call. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Silver-tongued devil, Ray Cooper. Let me go to Richard. I think, yeah. Richard, welcome to the program. How are you? What's up? Uh, thank you. Um, from New York, and 
I seen this coming a long time ago. Unfortunately, they keep pushing for illegals. To, oh, we're just going to give them driver's licenses, and all the time, you know, the game is to get them to vote. And if we keep letting two million people plus in every year, um, I, it's kind of it's it's very depressing because I think we're pretty much done if this keeps happening. I mean. Well, letting people in, 2 million people a year coming in. I mean, at this point, since Biden's been in. Uh, so we know the game. They want to uh, keep allowing people to come in, and they eventually want them to vote. By well, sure. The problem, So, but, but yeah, I agree with you that that is the strategy, Richard. But the problem that they're having is that the demographic that is coming is not actually interested in a lot of the politics that the Democrats espouse. It, it was kind of a, a, a pretty big self-own that they've got going on here. The What they thought was the, the their destiny based on demographics was only skin deep. That's, they only looked at the, oh, well, look, at they're, they're Hispanic, so they'll be on our side. Yeah, not so much. Not so much. They actually have some pretty conservative views on a lot of things. And so uh, I, I think they're learning uh, a hard lesson about that as we see the shift towards the Republican Party among Hispanic voters. Uh, appreciate the call, Richard. I never would have guessed you're from New York, though. I never would have <laughs> by the accent. I can say that. I'm from New York, too. I can say that. <laughs> News Talk 1110 wbt 704-570-1110. Let me get Jackie and then Matthew. Hello, Jackie. Welcome to the program. How are you? How you doing, Dave? Hey, I'm good. What's up? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? Hey, hey, yeah, yeah, man. Hey, cool. Pete, I just want to say that your, your insistence on, on uh, criticizing uh, Governor Cooper and mm-hmm. your last caller, are you calling him, you know, calling him the devil? I asked that's if a, he called him the devil. Yeah, but that's a direct insult to the people of North Carolina. Man, I mean, this guy's been elected. This gentleman, this gentleman's been elected twice by the citizens of North Carolina. And for you to sit there and criticize them all day, that's not fair to us as citizens. Oh, please, Jackie. You're not serious. This is a put on, right? This is a joke. I'm dead serious, Phil. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Hang on a second. Jackie, have you ever criticized a president? No. You've never criticized a president? Not, 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 not like, not like. Oh, not like I did. So it's different when you do it. Certainly, don't call people names. You did. So it's different when you do it. You criticize when you criticize a president. It's different when you do it. I said I certainly don't call them names. What did I call them? Yeah, I mean, you're, 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 you didn't. Your you're, you're, you're listener called him the devil. You didn't. I asked him. No, no, he didn't. Jackie, Jackie, don't make up stuff. The listener, when, or the caller called in, and he said it reminds him that the way that Cooper was talking reminds him of that. And I asked him, are you calling him Satan? And he said no. Yeah. So Come you on, didn't man. hear that part. You, you have a reputation for calling people names. I have a reputation for calling people names. I mean, yeah. So now you've gone, right, hang on, so you went now, hang on, Jackie, you've now gone from. People, how they look and how they behave and all that, that stuff. Jackie, so you went from. If I criticize Cooper, I'm criticizing everybody of the state of North Carolina. And when you gave me a BS example that turned out not to be true, you've now shifted to a different argument about an even more generalized attack, right? Just to be clear, like you're 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 floundering here, Jackie. You're floundering. 
Well, I'm not. I'm not as good as this as you, Pete. So that, well, that's fair. That's track. a fair assessment. But what I'm saying is, but what I'm saying is, your insistence on day-to-day criticism of of, of the governor is a is a direct uh, insult. To no, it is not, and that is a silly, him, Jackie. Him twice. That is a so silly, you got a better, Jackie. You got a better candidate. You got a better candidate. And you Jackie. got somebody who's going to be a better governor. Get him elected, okay? Jackie, that is a silly, stupid argument. No, it's not silly. Absolutely is. My arguments, it's not silly. It absolutely is. And it's certainly not stupid. It absolutely is. It's both of those things. Just because somebody, Jackie, just because somebody wins an election does not make them a surrogate for every single voter of the state. That's asinine. It's asinine. Now, you said I heard your It's actually the most American thing you can do is to criticize your elected leaders. Now, now, I heard you a little while ago. You talked about how Governor Cooper talked down to people. You remember yeah. that part? I do. Yeah. Have you ever ta- said that Donald Trump talked down to people? Donald Trump talks in words salad. Oh, he talked down to people all the time. Pete. He ta- you know, Donald Trump, I think, no I, don't, no, I don't think, I don't think he talks uh, at people like their children the way Cooper does. Oh, man, all the crazy things. No, he, no, he just, he like tries to steamroll them. He just beats them up with his word salad. See, that, see, that's where you and I differ because we look at this totally different, man. Well, now, hang on a second, Jackie. Now, now, your criticism of a president, I think, is actually a direct attack on all Americans. So I don't know if you can criticize him. I appreciate the call, Jackie. I want to get over here to Matthew. That's just, it's a, that's a silly argument. No, I'm not going to stop criticizing elected officials. And they are not all of the people of the state from which they are elected. That's it's that is a ridiculous anti-American argument. Matthew, welcome to the program. Hello, Matthew. Hey, Pete. Hey, Pete. Matthew, right now, here. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. Great. I wanted to give you a call because I wanted to tell you a little story here about what happened in Mecklenburg County in 2020. So. When I was running for county commission, I sent out all these postcards to residents in Mecklenburg County in the district, and I kept getting dozens and dozens of these postcards being returned to me. Uh, after the election, I started looking up some of these addresses, wondering why these postcards to these voters were getting returned to me. And I uncovered uh, about 12 folks or so who, who uh, of, of the sample size, about 12 or so folks who were registered to uh, to vote at an apartment complex which had been demolished some probably a, a you know a year prior to the election, hmm. uh, I found another person who was registered to vote at South Park Mall. Ah. Uh, I just found all, all kinds of funny little things. And so, you know, I made an appeal to the local board of elections uh, just so they could uh, to, to correct the vote count. Uh, they summarily, summarily dismissed my appeal. Uh, so then I took it to the state to appeal to them so I could just make them aware of this, and they dismissed it uh, as well without hearing my, my, my case. So, uh, you know, they, they know that there is an opportunity for our system to be corrupted. They send a postcard when they get registered to vote. They send a postcard to the address. If it doesn't get returned, then they, they, they consider that a valid registrant. Uh, and they know that this is, uh, this is an easily corruptible system, and they don't want light shined on it. It's, it's ridiculous. And I just thought you might get a kick out of that story. Well, uh, I mean, by kick, do you mean like, really hacks me off uh yeah yeah, yeah it, it, when we when people realize the uh the flimsy infrastructure that supports the the rules around our elections it it's it's going to get frustrating for you because we rely on the postal service 
to basically weed out whether somebody's actually at the house or not at the house, whether they live there or not. And if the if they if they don't get it back, if it doesn't go back to the board of elections, then they just assume that yep, yeah, that was the right place, which is that's ridiculous. It should if you're if you're going to be you know counting on the postal service to send the cards to the house and you're going to use that to verify whether someone actually lives there then somebody should have to send it back in but no 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 that would be suppression so if they don't send it in then we'll assume that they're there and now that means the postal service is essentially acting as the witness for the resident and for the voter registration and all they can do is just drop it in a box and walk away and now there's no witness at all it's it's absurd so crazy isn't it so how many people do you remember offhand how many people there were total that you had identified as problematic in that? Uh, out of a sample, uh, about 5,000 postcards that I sent, I, uh, I received around 60 or so back, okay. maybe 70. I can't recall. So about 1%, numbers. roughly. Okay. Uh, Matthew, I appreciate the info. Thanks for the background. Uh, that's Matthew Ridenary. He's running for county commission, former county commissioner. And uh, I was not aware of that story from the 2020 election. But uh, is that you doing that, or is that the... All right, so we don't have to report that to the engineer. There's the music coming in and out. All right, Brett Winterbull, though, is coming up next. He's not going to be in this studio. I think they're going to be working on it a little bit. But uh, stick around for Brett. I will see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Don't break anything while I'm gone.